And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPOND. Follow us on Facebook. That is Facebook.com slash HEFPOND for all the latest news and information on the Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language, all in one uh, convenient location. So, here to talk about Eintracht versus Köln, the match of the weekend. We also had uh, the Eintracht Frauen uh, action as well, and oh, so much more. It is uh, Nathan and St. Louis. Hello, Nathan. Hey, Brian. What's up? Um, well, I don't have a team in the USL championship anymore, and apparently neither do you, so we're both in the same boat together now. Gotta, it does seem. Gotta find a new local, a new local-ish team to root for. A local-ish team that's not in Major League Soccer, I take it. <laughs> for now, at least. <laughs> We'll see how that goes, especially since they pushed it out, and more than likely, Vedat Ibisevich will not be joining up because he's just going to be too bloody old. Future head coach. Yeah, yeah. Or at least um, some sort of ambassador role, one can only assume. I mean, Major League Soccer clubs kind of roll a little bit differently than uh, than those of the rest of the world, but... Uh, Roman in San Francisco, or should we say Bad Fidel, is probably confused as hell, so let's go <laughs> right to Roman in Germany. <laughs> How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> exactly. What's up? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? What happened? So what happened there? What, what's the news about your team? Um, they So my USL team, STLFC, was in the USL championship playoffs. They played Louisville. Lou City, which is a team formerly from Orlando, and then Orlando went to the MLS, and their USL team moved to Louisville. Orlando was a good USL team, and they continue to be a good USL team in Louisville. Um, I think they've they've gone to the semifinals, quarterfinals, semifinals, yeah, quarterfinals of mm-hmm. the USL tournament. Uh, six times in a row they're just a perennial they continually have loans from either the bundesliga uh the premier league or the mls on their club they currently have a a former herta goalie as their keeper and he's lights out he's really good what's his name oh it's escaping me lund jastein lund i think is his name i'd have Okay, doesn't ring a bell right now. Yeah, he's still a young kid. Anyways, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. We we lost to them, and that was our our last season. The 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 uh, team folded, and it's no longer. Sucks. Which means they just decided to. Okay, that's it. Like, well, so a major league soccer team that will be starting in uh, 2022 and uh, the owners of uh, St. Louis FC just looked at it and said to themselves, you know, we can fight against this or we can just acknowledge, you know, that uh, we had a good run. I think that kind of surmises it. Would you agree? Yeah. It's a, it's a situation of competing financial 
uh, interests where uh, the majority owner of USL, the USL team had a partial interest in the MLS club in St. Louis. And I think he probably had some internal pressures from the other owners to uh, either consolidate his club or fold it. And he didn't want it to be any, any part of the USL system, which is odd because he is, I don't really understand. It's, it's all just weird. I don't, I don't know. I I'm hoping something rises, rises from the ashes. Yeah, maybe a team comes okay. to the uh, weird, weird politics. City. It yeah. is it is strange. I think in Austin, Texas, with Major League Soccer still uh, having a team that's going to be starting up there, there's a USL team down south there, and our uh, Texas listeners can uh, get into that. Wow, there's a lot more uh, American soccer talk than we anticipated, and we're not even talking about the you know, players, we're talking about the teams. <laughs> the American soccer landscape, I think Nathan would definitely agree with me, is absolutely bananas. And uh, so is the Canadian scene, which apparently there's a Bundesliga club, not Eintracht Frankfurt, linked with uh, getting a team in the Canadian Premier League, which is a league that's only in its second season that just concluded recently. So, yeah, they have to play quite a lot of summer. things going. Yeah, uh, it cold up there. But uh, uh, if in case no one has an idea of how cold it gets in Canada, um, temperatures below zero degrees centigrade is nothing new in the month of November, for example. Yes. So put that into perspective. Anywho, uh, the Eintracht was in Too cold the for action me. Uh, <laughs> at the weekend. Uh, more like lack oh, of action, oh. in my opinion, as the Eintracht yeah. uh, played out to a 1-1 draw away to FC Con. Kind of the same reaction, that same result that we had uh, at the tail, what was that, match day 33 uh, of last season, which ended out with very much kind of a whimper to me. If you're Marcus Gisdol, the coach of FC Con, you got to be thinking, well, I'm not getting fired this week. And we let him live to fight another day. We, well, we didn't have the best of days. Uh, the defense just kind of was asleep in the second half. The team hmm. just never heard that was, before. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a lot of criticism of Kamara. Even though, you know, if you looked at stats, he, you know, was heavily involved and had a lot of dribbles. Well, guess what? You know, you can be considered highly rated and yet still uh, drive uh, other folks up a wall. I think some people are kind of jumping on that bandwagon. But I don't really have many positive things to say about this outside of, hey, Silva is still 100% from the penalty spot. So um, I kind of don't want to move away from him and uh Eunice actually looked kind of bright in his uh debut for the Eintracht as he came on for uh Zubar in the 69th minute I'd like to see him get more than just 21 minutes of action and with a rather big big team coming up that could Hmm. be rather interesting to see what goes on next but yeah. I'll throw this to you, Nathan, because I know how uh, positive you always are with your anal- and with your view of the Eintracht when it comes to these sort of matches. Uh, Christ. Uh, 
Uh, well, I'm. Uh, I've, obviously, everyone is disappointed. This is a game where we have we have to we have to stop playing to the level of the clubs that we are playing against. So I expect a different team to show up next weekend. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, yeah, we just continue to to just just skate by with whatever team we're playing. We don't we don't play our game. I guess is what is the problem. But um, yeah, shining spots. I would say Jonas. Uh, I would say Torre. Torre continues to be best my expectations for his his development. Um, I thought he was topped out. I didn't think he would improve at all. And the last six months have seen him become that right side that we need. Uh, he, there there have been pits and valleys in that, of course, too. But he's providing that extra content. So if Kostic is back this week, maybe. It will prov- we will have a right and left that is functional, and Jonas in the in the middle. Man, I'm at. I would say Jonas, and then if S- Gibral So can get healthy, holy cow! But yeah, this game, I <laughs> there's nothing really positive yeah. to talk about. Oh, what a pisser, Roman. Yeah, I mean, is it bad? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Yeah, well, just, you know, the lack of creativity. And we talked about this before, right? So if we have to play the ball, you know, if it's if we're in charge, like we're, we're just like, looks like almost Barca, you know, circling the ball around to like around the box, and then we don't know what to do, right? So it's like, it's typical games where you, where, which we dominate or it's, we seem to dominate, but then those fuckers just need one or two chances, like a quick counterattack and boom, they score, right? So... Like a, a mix of missing creativity, especially in, on, on the center. And this is actually also what I didn't really understand because like, I didn't really see a lot of wing action where mm. I could see, yes, keep um, uh, keep Dost in the game. So I didn't really understand why he kept Dost in, but, you know, took yeah. Silver out. I don't know if he was injured or tired or whatever, but I just saw Dost didn't really function and we didn't play like a game with long balls where, where I see Dost more in... Um, I, I was more, I, yeah, it was just like a total lack of creativity. Like we had like, we had the ball all the time, but we didn't know what to do. It's like a back and forth kind of felt like, you know, the good old Simpsons soccer, um, uh, um, you know, <laughs> this thing where they watch soccer was like, you know, and he plays to the guy on the left and then he plays the guy in the center. Then he plays the guy to the left and then back to the center. And I'm like, well, <laughs> so that's kind of like how, how it felt. And then it's the same thing. Like, I don't understand. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then the guy in Spanish like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and that's kind of like how how it kind of felt like you know like they they didn't really risk anything, which may be good, you know, it like helps us to keep the ball longer. And but you know at some points you have to do the one to one against one, and I think we saw that a little bit uh, with with Jonas. You know that, that that he was trying to get a little bit more into tackles to you know to make some ground and otherwise i just saw like the ball flicking flicking around but not really you know you know not really moving not really creating dangerous scenes like i think almost almost none i mean like yeah. i mean the the one thing we scored that was a penalty right but right. and and kind of a counter like a, a fastball but not the typical okay now let's let's map out the goal and i think that's what i'm missing in general in frankfurt that mm. if they have the ball if the opponent just lets them, you know, you can have the ball, do your thing, and then we don't know what to do. 
right? And that's why I think we're going to be better uh, against other teams, you know, maybe even like Bayern, uh, because we're we're not going to get the ball. Like they're not going to leave us the ball, right? So we're going to try to get it. We got to have our our dirty game, you know, the harsh game, the rough game. And this is the stuff we didn't see against Cologne because like there wasn't need any anything to be rough because Cologne was letting us, you know, you know, show show your shit, and then we couldn't show. Yeah. yeah so that's. And then, of course, the defense again, you know, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's just one, but it's just the typical thing, you know, you're 1-0 ahead and you cannot secure it, even though you dominate the game, right? The, the And we even got lucky, right? I mean, Trapp, for example, he had a major save um, at some point mm-hmm. in some other situations where I would even say dangerous shot on goals were more by Cologne than by Frankfurt, right? And that kind of shows... Um, the danger of of our of, of our playing. That's why it's like even a one o or a two o never lets you rest because you always know those fuckers. They just need one or two chances and they get the chances yeah. and then it's uh, that it screws up your your um, uh, yeah your game. Yeah, so the that was my short addition to what you guys said. The <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I'll add to that is. Kind of, you, you kind of talked about this a little bit. I just don't see a consistent strategy for moving forward. And I know sometimes you have to to be have that in flux. But a team like Cologne, you should be, yeah. you should have a consistent strategy at least a 30, 45 minutes of the game. And our like our press yeah. strategy, for instance, was all over the map. Like sometimes we were nowhere near them when they had the ball, their possession possession of the ball in yeah. their defensive end. And then other times we had like yeah. every offensive midfielder up there trying to press them. And I I just it's either one or the other. Are you? I I don't know what we're trying to do. I don't know what cons- I don't know what strategy is going on. And uh, to add to that question of strategy brought this yeah. up before yeah, that's true. Yeah. like i don't understand why we bring people on so late <laughs> so when we're behind uh i knew a lot of people were crit- criticizing yeah. that that yeah from uh Hutter, but uh bringing barcock on so late when he clearly was bringing something to the game him and Jonas out there i think they could have totally upended the game if they would have brought on yeah. a lot earlier that just angers me <laughs> a little bit earlier yeah well, i would yeah, at... totally i would i would definitely agree yes this like even even if even if the strategy is bad you know, like even like trying to do with long balls on dust, you know, whatever, at least try it. Like, why would they say, OK, let's do like three, four trials. You know, if we can like kind of like level it to get dust, you know, in the thing and try to get with high balls, see if we can find them. And if you can do like a Maya move, you know, like. But I didn't see I mean, OK, I'm, I'm not a specialist on technical, um, but I didn't see anything. Right. So I, and I'm glad that you didn't, too, because. Then apparently, you know, there wasn't really a big uh, re- finesse, you know, and that's that's the thing I was missing. Like we just got to learn if we have the ball against an opponent that we can defeat, what can we do? You know, if you have the ball at the middle line and you can easily bring it close to the box, right? Like now what, right? Um, and that's what I believe what we totally lack, 
right? I mean, it's easier said than done. Right. Totally, don't get me wrong. Like this is, you know, it's uh, just uh, complaining on a very high level. Um, but yeah, that's just my what I see or don't see. Brian. Well, there's a lot to take from this match, and it highlights what we've known for quite a while that, um, like you kind of highlighted there, Nathan, we've kind of played down to our opposition. Um, I will go to um, in the second year that uh, Leipzig was in the Bundesliga. They were still playing under Hassan Hotel. Uh, they started playing in Europe. They weren't just playing exclusively you know, Bundesliga matches. That's how they were able to finish in second place. So they did this very quick counterattacking style. But the thing was, once folks figured how they played, they were like, okay, well, we'll just give you the ball and see what you do. And then, you know, we you obviously saw that they were like, oh, shoot, I'm, I got past the ball. We're holding on to possession for a very, very long time. Something that Bayern... And Dortmund are able to do more so because it happens to them quite often, but with Eintracht. It's just um, against teams like Bremen, against teams like Union, Freiburg, Bielefeld, uh, Schalke, and Mainz, we're going to see that where Eintracht's going to have the opportunities to basically just sit on the ball and try and uh, dissect the defense that is in front of them. And if you're unable to do that, then, well, you're not really going to have all too much success unless someone does a little piece of brilliance. And, hey, we are able to get a penalty. It was the right call. And uh, when that happened, we all on the Discord chatter were screaming out that that was a penalty. Ended up being so. Blessed VR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then VAR helped us out again. I keep on pointing out that uh, it does seem that we get more benefit from VAR than other teams because not often do we have VAR decisions that then go against us. I'm just point that out. But I think this is just I think this is more indicative of Hooter's style and the fact that he focused more so on the counterattack win. To be honest, I do think that he does understand that we need to like kind of have this more dissecting nature that is indicative of teams that end up finishing in the top half of the table more often than not. Yeah. And I believe he is not trusting of his team enough or at least at this moment in time with like uh, the players who've been brought in, like Eunice. I think he was a real uh, bright light in that. I think Barcock also contributed a lot. I wasn't kind of happy with the fact that we only used two substitutions while Cologne basically rotated almost their entire attack out. And then, you know, one of the guys who comes on late is Anthony Modest. And that long-range shot, we were all like, like, thinking to ourselves probably like oh crap this will this would happen to us because remember we're not exactly the best when it comes to uh defending against uh long shots we're not you know the best when it comes to um catching teams on sides cologne had uh, i think it was like three or four instances where they were all sides you know when we go up against skillful players we're always kind of 
uh, shown up. This is something that we need to work on because Bayern mm-hmm. is not a team that is going to let uh, opportunities just kind of go. I mean, they have distinct weaknesses. Uh, I would almost say that uh, Hansi Flick's Bayern is one that can be got at, and we've seen that when Hertha Berlin and Hoffenheim both have uh, put a lot of goals on the scoreboard against those guys to the point that they themselves have started questioning uh, their strategy considering the fact that they're playing two matches per week every week until 2021. It's that it's that cramped of a schedule. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we can only play what's in front of us, and, you know, we'll, we'll get to more dissecting the Bayern. I think we're really kind of already jumping jumping the shark here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> getting to that. Um, but I, could, I, wanna... I could honestly talk about this Cologne match all damn day because it <laughs> there's so much to dissect. And I get... Uh, I hate, for I hate example, being optimistic. We had nearly two. What's that? We had new. We had uh, expected goals, which is a new stat that everyone seems to be obsessed with. I checked on that. Cologne was at a point nine six, and we were nearly at a two. Yeah, we like we had a lot of chances, and it's just that I mean everyone uses that like killer instinct or whatever is the analog for it. But I do see mm-hmm. it in Dost and Silva, and I do love how uh, take it for better or for worse, but. Um, unselfish they are with the ball. Um, like Goss, Tomata had a few moments too. As much yeah, as yeah. we want to criticize him for, he's you know just he's a little the ball too away. unselfish though, <laughs> or he's a little too <laughs> yeah. He needs to be a little more selfish, uh, not mm-hmm. with his dribbling, but with his his uh, his finishing. Um, yeah. Oh God. He's got. He does have issues. I will. I will readily admit that, but. Uh, I still I still see a lot of promise in him, but yeah, like uh, who 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 I don't know. There was a there was a time where Dost was completely open and someone passed to him, and it was like a fast break, but it was like two steps behind him, so he had to like step back and then like had this awkward shot, and I was like, that was it, that was it. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> oh man, that's true. Yep, we are. Uh... We had our moments, we didn't take them, and here we are sitting kind of, you know. So I will I will say one more thing about this match that mm. scares me and continues to scare me. And it is not the offense or the midfield, it is the defense. We have such a wretched defense outside of Hinterreger. I don't I don't think Hasebe and Abraham are they're they're like like a new like a, a newly promoted side needs players their their quality right now is the type that would move to those teams it's not mm-hmm. it's not mid table top tier quality they're just they're floundering now and we need those youths to come in and fill the gap and and play better than them which is scary because we don't know if they can <laughs> it is true i mean We've already had Tuta make his debut, um, but if you look at the kind of pl- the players who will be in defense, um, Indica obviously is one that comes to mind. But you're like, okay, is he even going to be ready? 
because right. you know he's been out for. Weeks. It may have to be because it's. T- I mean, it's typical of Abraham to get injured right about now and be gone for like three months. Um, it's true. <clears throat> so uh, we're we're getting to the point with our defense where someone's going to have to play significant time who hasn't before. Oh, we don't want to go down that Ilsenka route again. Just saying. Nope. 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 <laughs> Not at all. I mean, we've got a pair of defenders who have been promoted from the youth team, but we've all kind of acknowledged that whilst they have had minutes in the friendly against Würzburg, which let's not go down that road because we just got all really pissy <laughs> last episode when we started talking about it. Uh, but, yeah, yeah it's kind of like, all right, so – are we really consider if Indica is not able to play? I'm almost resigned to the fact that look, we can only put Hasebe or Abraham on the pitch because at least with Tuta, at least he's got legs. Because that's the that's always been the yeah. problem that we've talked about how Abraham is one of the fastest players on the team, and yet uh, probably one of the biggest issues is the fact that you know his speed is going. That was something that was always his key, you know, uh, part of his game that allowed him to be as good as he has been for us. But when your speed starts going and you don't kind of full-scale adapt, I think, no, that was just me. Now we know that he's going to be coming up to the end of his contract. He's looking at his trip to Argentina, his exit then to pick up a contract in Argentina. He's looking at that and thinking, got to be thinking to himself, well, I'm going to be going to a much, much slower league finally, yeah. and he'll, and then you'll be able to see more of like his his brain kind of on display because uh, he's going to find a much changed uh, Argentinian league from the one that he knew when he left for Europe. Just saying, uh, that is a ongoing issue that a lot of former. Uh, a lot of Argentine players, when they come to the end of their career, they always want to go back home, if they can, to the club that got them their move to Europe. So whether that be Boca Juniors, River Plate, Racing Club, Independiente, you know, they want to return to their clubs, but they're, the players are realizing the very moment they get that, they're like, wow, this uh, semi-pro bullshit that uh, we used to joke about when we would play in the first round of the Depe Pocal. It's kind of on display here. You know, just everywhere. But anyways, I'm <laughs> getting very critical of the Argentine League, a little bit more so than I probably should. Uh, shame on me. But at this point, <laughs> look, if Indica's not ready, we can only put one of the old guys in on the pitch. And to me, if yeah. it comes to it, I would prefer to see Hasebe. Or if so, start using a pair of those guys and start switching them out. You know, uh, yeah, week on week. Look, that. they're able. They are versatile enough that they're able to work with whomever gets paired with them. But Hentereger is the lone man that you're like you're going to be starting every single minute of every single match all season long. The day of Pokal and the. Uh, and the Bundesliga itself. So get used to it, folks. Yep. Change is well. Exactly. And we might as well start, you know, playing Tuta. I mean, I'd prefer Indica 
Adiga's got at least he's got the physical skills that would against Byron if he is uh, able to go on the pitch. And that is he still, healthy? Um, he's at least been he's at least been seen at training, but I don't have I don't have hopes out for. I don't have high hopes on him my, uh, being back to play. I, I try to do, read the transcripts of all the like Hooters pre-match uh, uh, interviews or whatever press conferences, and I I, mm-hmm. I can't remember if Indica is uh, ready to be you know called up yeah. for match day, but it's getting close. <laughs> yeah, same with uh, somebody else. <laughs> Uh, God, yeah. Um, do we want to talk about uh, Kostic and the possibility of him returning? Because we both know that he's out. I mean, Indica. Let's see. The last thing I saw was he was kind of a doubt to even play. But you know, Kostic and his knee issues is going to keep him on the sidelines. I think longer. But yeah, Indica. Fingers crossed on that. So in yeah. a perfect world. We would have Kostic back as a winger for the Eintracht. But in the meantime, Nathan, I think we kind of have to make do with the fact that, you know, we don't have Kostic. We don't have Ache, which when he went down, I suddenly was like, ah, crap. Because eventually Dost is going to get hurt. And I just hope that it doesn't happen in the next couple of weeks because <laughs> we don't, with the moving out of Paciencia, we don't really have an extra guy out there. We Should we have four strikers? Uh, in my opinion, yes. But, you know, they want to roll with this. And I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? The old school Christmas tree formation? the Or switch to a back four with a four, two, three, one? I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's kind of scary up top. I I'm curious about what I keep bringing up over and over. If we're if we're down a striker, honestly, our our left side has looked okay without Kostic. Hasn't looked as Kostic as we'd like it to be. But Zuber's not bad. It, Z- Zuber is not bad. Uh, why don't we try to play uh, Kostic in a striker if that if that eventuality comes up? But hopefully it doesn't. Uh, yeah, we're we're thin. At, at defense and offense, and it's it's scary. So we gotta ride that needle and stay on that edge. Hopefully, everyone remains healthy, uh, just enough to skate by um, and get the points we need to to maybe get into Europe. Oh, Europe! I mean, we're, we're as we record this, uh, the first round of Champions League group stage matches is. Uh, happened on Tuesday. We got Wednesday, and then you got uh, two clubs in the Bundesliga involved in the Europa League group phase. I'm not gonna lie; I'm almost now thinking that it. This is a scary thought, considering the fact that you know they haven't scored many goals, they haven't conceded really many. I almost think that, uh, in addition to ourselves, that Wolfsburg's really gonna benefit from uh, not playing in Europe because they kind of. With all the qualifiers that they, with the qualifying rounds that they had, they kind of got off to uh, trying to balance things out. Got off to a kind of shaky start, but I think they're going to be someone we might want to be more wary of uh, for 
at least for the fall. Uh, obviously, for the winter, because yeah. who would have known, you know, if you make the knockout phase or not. Uh, it's. I think that's, that will be another thing, Nathan, that I think is going to play to our advantage when it does come to playing Byron. But the thing is, everyone else who's not play, who's playing Byron is going to say that same thing, especially if they aren't right. playing in Europe. As <laughs> right. like I said... Yeah, they already, you know, they had their two Super Cups. They had to have the Depe Pocao postponed. They played it on last Thursday. You know, players were not exactly fully fit. Uh, a lot of players kind of were held back because they're, they had a full-scale squad rotation for their yep. minor Depe Pocao match that they had. And that's, the, that's the scary thing and the frustrating thing about Bayern is that they can – they have two teams that could compete for the top every year, essentially. They yeah. have their 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 peop their bench could ostensibly compete for the Bundesliga title every year. That pisses me off. <laughs> oh. It pisses everybody off. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. So um let's have a look see at what uh can be done for the Eintracht. Um I guess I can leave that uh, the question. Uh, something that has popped up on the news feed is uh, whether Eintracht is going to be staying with their sporting director or not. And it's something that kind of makes me a little anxious, to be honest, because we have had the same sporting director for quite a few many years. And I haven't heard about this this news story. What's uh, what's what are the details? Yeah, so uh, there's rumors that uh, Eintracht will not be uh, uh, will be going forward, not be holding on to uh, Bruno Hübner's uh, Bruno Hübner in the future because their big wow. question is whether or not that he is he because if you think about uh, his involvement with the Eintracht and Roman can chime in whenever he feels like it on this because I think he might uh most of the articles have always been uh, in the German language so nothing really kind of cracking into the English uh, news media um he's a holdover from the old days I wouldn't yeah. when I say old days I mean like of the kind of of the current team that has been kind of put together with Freddie Bobic and, you know, then you had, obviously, Niko Kovac was hired by Hübner and uh, Bobic's predecessor, Ruhkagen. Um Bruno is, a, Bruno is leftover from that era, and we've very much been doing a changing how Eintracht is you know from a club top to bottom you know giving guys who may have been undervalued elsewhere an opportunity uh to make that next step up and he's i get you know credit to him he's stuck around but i'm kind of been wondering you know how much of a how much of an asset he really is because you know um Huh. There's, I don't. I'm not really articulating myself very well when it comes to talking about <laughs> this because a lot of it is 
more upstairs discussions that, you know, some clubs, they really, like, this is discussed all the time. And with right. us, it really isn't. Like, Salihau Mitic is at uh, Bayern Munich, but a lot of folks say that, honestly, it's not him as a sporting director who's really calling the shots. It is, you know, further upstairs with Oli Hunas. Well, I guess he's now gone. But, you know, those level of upper-tier guys who you know, almost make uh, the kind of big decisions. And Bayfell Bay has had Michel Zorg for, I don't know how many years, but, you know, uh, as Eintracht has been very much changing the complete ethos of the club. So, we, hey, with the changes that we've made, we made two pokals in a row while finishing in the top half of the table, you know, have made finishing in the top half of the table, you know, more consistent consistent compared to the Brokhagen days where, you know, we were just hoping to uh, avoid relegation year in, year out. And you only had that once the season we came back with Amin Vey, the first Amin Vey's first time with the Eintracht and we finished in sixth place and we were, you know, in that top six discussion the entire season. Outside of that, it was very much a um, 10th and below finish year in, year out, and since we've done a lot of changes, uh, once Brooke Hagen and the team w- got through that relegation survival and Freddie Bobich uh, took over from there, you know, um, 12th place finish, uh, Pokal uh, finalist, and then 8th place finish, and we win the Pokal, then the 7th place finish, you know, and we had a deep run in the semifinals of the Europa League, you know, you notice uh, the changes that happened under Bobic, but, you know, Bruno has kind of been there through all of this, and yet I kind of look at it, and I'm like, okay, um, what is next? Because, you know, it's one thing to kind of sur- survive during this con- entire era of change at the Eintracht, which we would all say that the change has been good, and we can see the benefits on the field of these moves that we've done. But I kind of keep on scratching my head and wondering um, how much the sporting director role has really been a part of this because everything points to that it's really been Bobich who's been the kind of the mover of things. But well, so, I don't know. So, so there's probably a few things going on. COVID, he, he mm-hmm. probably makes a lot of money. So that could be that. Or it could be... Like you're saying, we've had a a bout ex, ex, outside of not getting staying in Europa last year of uh, some some uh, plateau of success, um, and yep. having that sort of success, there might be other people that are saying, "Hey, Bruno, come over here. We'll pay you a little bit more." Uh, it could be that too. Outside of that, I I really like him. I I love I love the I love his like getting down and dirty and being with the, like the club on the bench. Um, I'm sure that's probably more prevalent in the Bundesliga than what I see, but I, I mean, he's the only one I know. Um, so right. I, it, but you, you talk about Bayern, those guys aren't on the bench. Um, uh, I really it's like how he gels with, and I'm sure Bobich and him gel a lot, but there's, there's also the, like I said, go back to, to finances. If, if we want to keep Bobich, maybe his role has to expand. I don't know if he 
once both roles or something. But um, I mean, and everything's drama at this point. Nothing's really known or secured. I'm sure there is some inner drama about contracts or whatever, but uh, mm. I'm happy with him. I really like his personality and his, his through line with the team, his history with the club. He's and he's very close to the coach as well, right? So apparently, you know, he's like even like during halftime, he's you know very close. Hütter really likes him. I mean, that's yeah. like the rumors that they were saying about, and then it doesn't really make sense to get rid of him. Um, like my my little fear though, and this is like I, I'm a I'm a big fan of balance of power, right? And mm. I don't know if if all power to Bobic and nobody else. You need you know, checks I mean, and balances. Yeah, check and balances exactly. You know and. And yeah, I, I just don't know. I just feel like, and also like the rumors who's going to replace him is going to be like, we say a spezi, you know, like kind of like a friend of Bobic, you know? And so it's uh, actually uh, somebody who's not that fond, that, who doesn't really work uh, together with Hütte, right? Uh, I can't pronounce his name and I don't have it in my mind, but it's like the former uh, um, analyst, an analyst who kind of had to step down from his an analytic a job because Hütte, they wouldn't get along, you know, so it would be kind of weird if like this guy would now become sporting director. I don't, I just, there's too much that doesn't make sense to me, you know, so there's, uh, there's a little bit too much open also. And on the one line I can see after 10 years, um, and I mean, he, he, uh, Hübner, he had a great time, uh, you know, he was very important to a certain time. Is he, is maybe does he did he exceed his his level so to say like do we really if we want to grow is he I, I think that's that's kind of Bobich's line right so on on our path to growth and the costs Nathan what do you I mean that's obviously number one a point but uh, uh, on on our growth path is he uh, um, is he speeding us up is he helping us or is he hindering us. And, uh, and in Bobic's mind, I believe he is not really helping us, us that much. For him, it's probably just another dude you kind of have to convince about something. You know, it's just another dude you have to stuff, run stuff by, even though you're formally the boss, right? But and you just and if you feel a good time, you know, hey, get rid of the guy. I need to run down, run by stuff. You know, it's going to make everything easier and faster. And then I'm going to put my own dude in there. You know, like my own friend. Um, yeah, can be good, but it's riskier, right? You're like kind of like, yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of like my my ten cents or dollar on the on that note. In case anyone is curious know. of how, uh, if they're new to the Eintracht, of how Hubner did come to the Eintracht, it, and I do agree, the sporting director role is something that you need to have when you have uh, someone who kind of hangs over everything like Bovich does. Um, he did come from uh, Duisburg, who are now languishing in the third division. He went to them in the uh, late 2000s, uh, or noughties, whichever way you want to kind of refer to them. Um, we, mm -hmm. And he came to the Eintracht after leading Duisburg to their uh, cup final in 2011 and has since been with the club ever since. And that was uh, Duisburg, Schalke, in that uh yeah. And he but... came on to check on, on Heribert Bruchhagen, right? So they thought Heribert Bruchhagen had too much power at that point, you know? True. Uh, after that relegation, was like, okay, now we need somebody else in there. So they installed Hübner, basically, who would kind of like be like a new, younger thing to it. 
And uh, I mean, it was kind of weird also, I have to admit, that he kind of overstayed. Like, we, everyone thought, okay, now Bobic comes in. Now, what's Hübner's job? You know, and if you have like... So it kind of it kind of does make sense and it kind of doesn't, you know. Um, I don't know. We we will see uh, what's going to happen to to the whole thing. But he doesn't definitely has he, he found great players. Um, question is also like Ben Manga, right? Uh, who we are all big fans of, you know. It's like mm -hmm. is he maybe stepping up to this role? So that could be, you know. I wouldn't mind A that. Way to keep manga. You know? so yeah. if, uh, a way to keep Manga, even though I don't think... I think Manga kind of likes to be more a little bit in the background. I think he's yeah. happy uh, with the... Um, but yeah, who knows, you know? It's like... Um, well, you know, if he also has a nervous... A yeah. uh, little kind of nervous, little twitches, you know, he doesn't want to be seen on the sidelines, you know, doing a yeah. uh, Jürgen Love and uh, picking his nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I that was that was that it was right there teed up for me, and you know <laughs> I had to take a whack at it. <laughs> but yeah, I think we've kind of picked this just a pick this clean. Yeah, sticking with those uh, <laughs> terms. Let's get to hashtag. What are we drinking, Nathan Brewmeister Extraordinaire? What are you drinking? Well, I mean, it is kind of early in the day for us as we record, as per usual. So uh, what are you drinking? What have you been drinking? Well, I kicked a keg. Uh, mm -hmm. My Meritzen is dead. I don't know if I said that last week, but I have to charge my other one with CO2. So uh, starting to run low on kegs. I have to brew again. I was hoping not to brew until like March, but um, I've got a few weeks off coming up, so I might have to... To, to brew some what i'm thinking of brewing is a schwartz beer schwartz beer so oh we shall see um right now i'm drinking some coffee hot coffee this time real <laughs> coffee <laughs> you mean not the cold brewed microwaved type no. of coffee oh that was dreadful dreadful roman uh, I'm, I'm totally boring. I got a non-alcohol non day today, so I'm just drinking some good old Mineralwasser. Good old water. Carbonated you can, water. You can put a brand out there, or is this the local? Uh, local. No, I, that's why I cannot put it out, because like Bad Filbert, right? We are the town of water. I'm using, and I, but I'm drinking the cheap shit. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I mean, there's good water and bad water, but, you know, from the, from, I mean, there's not, Okay, I cannot say anything against my hometown and the water, but that shit's just too expensive for water, right? I, I got to drink like three of these bottles a day and then, you know, like every cent counts and I get a full case for either 250, is it 250 or even, yeah, I think 250 for like 12 bottles of these versus, you know, 10 or 8 and, you know, sorry. Whoa. That's just, you know. <laughs> That's the difference between my home water that we sell. But everyone else, please go out, buy water from Budfilde. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that brings up, I don't want to interrupt where you are going, Brian, but uh, <clears throat> I have been thinking about just carbonating my own water and putting it on tap at home. Uh, so, oh, like, like, uh, like soda streaming or kind of like using the keg system? Using the keg, yeah. Why the heck not? Mm, that's interesting. <laughs> what you could do, what's awesome, would be awesome if you get a Berkey, 
you know, like a Berkey filter, mm-hmm. because you want to get rid of all the, you know, the, the fluoride and, you know, and we're, we're diverging a yeah. lot, but, you know, of all the shit chlorine and fluoride and all this st- stuff they dump in the drinking water in the U.S. And then, you know, you don't want to be like, you know, the Michigan people, right? Uh, so better get your Berkey going on and then you <laughs> filter nice water and then you carbonate, carbonate that. Perfect. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I'll for me, yeah. add some quinine to it. Yeah. Brian, what are you drinking? <laughs> well, uh, today, so like Nathan, real coffee, black coffee. Can't stand to add anything to it. But what I was drinking just last night, uh, especially after I got home from a very, very long night at the uh, at the at the uh, the point of occupation, uh, the, the manufacturing plant is I tried, I got a, a six-pack of the Marzen from uh, Mother's Brewing Company in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Don't get it, folks. Not the best. Um, <laughs> I don't know why this year. Maybe I'm just getting really picky, but this is one of the last Marzen's. It's all, it almost soured me on the kind of, you know what, it's October. The winter beers are going to be coming out some have already come out. Uh, I'm thinking of a certain Texas brewery, but uh, some people on this podcast and listeners of this podcast will say that a, a certain uh, East Texas, well, no, no, that's more Central Texas, a certain uh, Germanic Central uh, Central Texas located brewing company has a really shit uh, version of the Christmas beer. And uh, so... Margin seasons are coming to an end, and that's a shame because, well, so, during these COVID days, it's uh, it just feels totally different. Just I, you know, think- so if, if I'm being critical of beer in the United States right now, uh, I don't think a lot of breweries are giving a shit about their product uh, because they've had to throw away so <laughs> much beer that um, they're probably not worried about quality as much. That's just a hunch of mine, but it's where I'm at. Indeed, indeed. So that's going to wrap it up for hashtag what are we drinking as I try to curtail Eintracht Not Emmy really exciting into behaving time, but, yeah. in the background. Yeah, some people are probably hearing that. <laughs> some people are probably hearing that. Anyways, uh, but we're going to get to segment two after this uh, short break and start talking about uh, the Bundesliga table and, of course, Eintracht Frauen and, of course, our match this weekend against Bayern Munich. So stay with. And now we're back. Segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Talking a little bit about uh, where the Bundesliga is. Of course, Eintracht Frauen uh, were in action or Friday. And now they are no action for them as the women's international break has hit us. Um, Yeah, that's still happening. Uh, Concerning the fact that how many COVID cases uh, occurred during the men's international break, you would have thought that, hey, maybe we should reconsider this, you know, Nope. No one listening to that shit. 
<laughs> so here we are with that. Um, yeah, so the Bundesliga table. Uh, remember, folks, it's only four matches in, so... Uh, still at the pinnacle is uh, Leipzig, uh, 10 points from four, then followed by Bayern and Borussia Dortmund on nine. And are we still there? Uh, yeah, we're in fourth place on eight points, so kind of crazy times indeed. <laughs> hmm. uh, at least uh, when it does come to the relegation uh, fight, so Paciencia at the weekend Got a really got really lucky, and uh, okay. Schalke was able to get a one-one draw with Union Berlin. Not gonna lie, if Union had uh, taken the full uh, full points in that one, ooh, they, I mean, talk about a surprise package because kind of teams that you didn't expect to be here in the upper tier, even in the earliest stages, uh, fifth place to seventh place looks like this: Stuttgart. Augsburg and Bremen in that order. Just saying. Uh, don't you just love the beginning of the Bundesliga where suddenly the table just looks absolutely crazy? I I know I, I do. Hey, <laughs> everyone discounts Bremen, but they were the only reason they were bad last year is because they had a fuckload of injuries. Like they, They're still a good team. They were a good team last year. They were just superbly injured. And now they're healthy, so go figure. They're playing better. Yeah, I don't know. I hope. I hope it's still. I mean, of course they'll be a little bit better, but I don't know. They're not going to be this good, but they're not going to be yeah. bottom. Well, yeah. what about Stuttgart? So, uh, I mean, I ta- I kind of talked them up uh, when we were kind of giving our predictions for the Bundesliga. And I said of the promoted sides, Stuttgart was likely to have the best season of the two promoted sides so you know go figure that i uh so far and we played them in a couple weeks time we got byron we got bremen and we got stuttgart in our next three matches so it's gonna gonna be interesting guys uh i think that we'll be tested not just by Bayern, but will also be tested by uh, the newly promoted side, Stuttgart. They have an American coach over there. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Americans suddenly want to take over everything. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, but, you know, Stuttgart's not looked too bad at all. That opening match, you know, throw yeah. that away. And they've looked pretty doggone good. Um, we mentioned Bremen. Uh, they were just hamstrung by just a rash of injuries so uh you know the fact that they now are injury free one can only assume that uh they'll be you know much higher at the table alexburg i think is just an anomaly just because it's that early in the season then hey you know what you have a run of games if you are only if you got limited talent but you have a run of games where you're able to take points and you happen to do hey there you go you know (laughs) I mean, they did have uh, they did have a nice vic- they did have a good result over the weekend. But I'm looking at the Bundesliga bottom and thinking to myself, Mainz no points after four. I mean, sure, it's still early. Cologne and Schalke Beautiful. just picking up their first points, but mm-hmm. I mean, oh, do we finally get to say Avidasen to Mainz? I mean, granted that all, that phrase should also be pointed out that, you know, that's, you know, 
like, you know, welcome me in the fact that you welcome the return of them. And I personally don't. Yeah. I mean, like if that, that would be, that would be super nice if that would, uh, if that would happen. <clears throat> I think it's about time. I think it's about time for mines to, to go down. I mean, they're, they're having the internal troubles and yeah, why not? I think it's, yeah. it'd make it's me happy. It would make me happy. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> not only you, I would even. Uh, I, would even I mean, a lot of people. When it cheer. does come to, yeah. yeah. No, I, no, I just well wouldn't care. Here. You know, that's the other part of it. <laughs> <laughs> we many we, would we many about. would cheer, and others wouldn't care. We'd like <laughs> Darmstadt to come up in the second division. That would be nice, mostly just so that we could then kick the crap out of them. Uh, we'd like Kaiserslautern, you know, of years old to return, but. Right now, they're in the relegation zone of the Dritta Liga, so that's likely not to happen anytime soon. Yikes. Uh, yeah, that was kind of disturbing when I saw that, <laughs> uh, when I looked uh, that far down the table. But, I mean, this season, it's been full of surprises. I think there's a lot uh, to take from what is coming. I think that a lot of, you know, your... And, a lot of anticipation from this Bundesliga season was that, well, outside of Bayern Munich, that you know you're going to have a really thorough, you know, like shakeup of the table. Uh, you're going to have a Stuttgart that's going to be, you know, outperforming themselves. Union Berlin's made a lot of really big, nice signings. You know, you're looking at a Wolfsburg who usually does spend a fair bit of money in Leverkusen as well, and you're looking at them and you're like, you're not really going to do it all. Think- Leverkusen Wolfsburg's just got a good, good defense so far. <laughs> and Leverkusen somehow, some way, has been playing good defense. I think that is oh. not going to last long at all. And Their, with their scoring the, isn't going to be a, a better than last year. That's for sure. True. Yeah, with... Uh, oh, gone. Havertz I'm gone. forgetting who... Havertz. There we go. Uh, with Havertz gone from Leverkusen, I think that the additional matches that they have, so they take on uh, this midweek, they take on uh, League uh, League 1 side from France, uh, Nice. Uh, so they're, I mean, they're getting challenged right from the word go, and, you know, they play Augsburg at the weekend. I mean, I'm not going to put it past Augsburg that they might actually pick up the, the full points there. And then, you know, Leverkusen, you're kind of thinking – all right, so a big criticism of the Bundesliga when it comes to playing in Europe is if they're in the Europa League, how many teams really care about it? Look at the way that Borussia Mönchengladbach kind of bowed out. I mean, it was a very last-minute uh, goal by uh, by the Turkish side that's now in the Champions League. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't Istanbul Basik Shahir, I think is how it's pronounced. I've heard it pronounced. Uh, but I'll say know. this. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll say this about like the the league and the table you said it outside of Bayern it's going to be a competition but I don't think so I think that I think you think the sheer number of fixtures will allow Bayern to be picked off by us and no 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 no. I Bayern is untouchable at this point I I don't they'll they'll secure the top against Leipzig but the top three will I think remain uh they're those three clubs are I think just fixed. Should have said the top four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, one can hope. Well, but yeah. I'm, I, I'm just I, sick I of those three teams being up at the top, and I don't see that changing for the 
foreseeable future. No. Gladbach was just a blip. They're a good team, but... Oh, they're a really they, good team, but they were able to focus on one match per week with the Bundesliga during right, the spring, right. and that enabled them to stick around at the top end because right. you could see that they were getting tired legs a little bit when you came to the end of the Christmas break. Hey, look, it happens if you don't have the depth of squad. Now, they haven't really... They lost nobody, but then they didn't really add more than, like, one person, and you're telling me that, you know, when you play uh, Real Madrid, that you're not going to want to, you know, have a go at it. Yeah, no. I just, the, the the caliber of the depth of the, the top three right now are unchallenged uh, with the other teams, so I just, I just don't see anybody really competing with that, and I don't see the future changing that, outside of injuries, of course, but Exactly, and actually they're playing against uh, Internazionale Milan, uh, who we beat in the uh, Europa League quarterfinals. Uh, so, not exactly playing Real Madrid, but you know, what top a pretty high up there team, a team that spends a lot of, has been spending a lot of money on pretty good players, and they play Mainz at the weekend. So, we'll see what kind of uh, fallout from. Uh, playing Europe midweek will do to Gladbach because you know they may have a quality of talent, but the depth is going to be put to the full scale test uh, with uh, Champions League and then playing in the Bundesliga. Because if you kind of almost mail it in with the Champions League, that just that just looks bad on the league as a whole and. Wolfsburg falling out. I mean, it, it was to uh, one of the big teams in Greece, um, AK Athens, uh, in the Europa League qualifiers. So, I mean, a Bundesliga club should be beating the Greek side when they're quali- trying to qualify for Europe. So, uh, no kudos to them. And so long as they keep on not winning matches and dry matches, you know, four matches played, four draws, you know, they're boring as hell. And, uh, you know, they can, they can stick it with the sun, don't shine. Anyways, uh, I'm starting to get a little angry when it comes to Bundesliga uh-huh. chat. We haven't even started talking about uh, Eintracht versus Bayern Munich, but I'm already getting, warming up because Eintracht Frauen played uh, on Friday, and they were stuffed. Uh, 1-0 loss to Freiburg. And, yeah, that is... Since the women came back from that first international break, the uh, women have picked up uh, one point uh, in a draw with Leverkusen, and that's kind of been it. Uh, It's almost as if what you said is coming true, Brian. Mm. That, you know, relying on just one girl to do all the work is going to then bite them back in the butt. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> exactly uh, the one person in uh, question is Laura Fragang currently sitting at the top of the goal scoring charts on nine goals but look if you shut down it just shows that hey you shut down the main scoring outlet and stuff can go bad and go bad fast so you know after seven matches played we're at the international break um Eintracht is five points back from the Champions League chase, to which is being led by Potsdam. They haven't even played Potsdam. They haven't played Wolfsburg. They haven't played Munich. 
the other kind of big fish in the Frauen Bundesliga. I mean, yeah, losing losing to Sant was, I think, was very, uh, yeah, very annoying. You know, since they were like agreed. a losing streak, and then you're kind of like lifting back up, and Freiburg is kind of like in, in a similar situation to that to that end. And I don't know. Let's hope they have a similar problem as the as the guys have, right? So <laughs> they need exactly. they, they need uh, um, opponents. Yeah. How how did you say, Nathan? It, it, uh, they need... play according to their opponent. Mm-hmm. So. You're hoping that they'll fix it, but oof, hmm. it's been kind of ugly of late. So, um, yeah. in regards to uh, everything else that is Eintracht, shall we uh, switch over? We'll let yes. the Frau. We'll kind of get back to the Frauen. I think Roman uh, after once the girls are back from their international duties. Here's hoping that they don't have their own COVID outbreak because oof, that could. Uh, that could derail any team. Um, let's talk about Eintracht and Munich. What wow, we're so excited what about this. <laughs> um, well, you know, we can have we can have the two Frankfurts, right? So either we're going to be like uh, kicking ass, or we'll be crap. getting our ass kicked, right? <laughs> I think those are the those are the two opportunities. Um, and yep. let's just hope that because of Bayern's busyness in the Champions League, um, you know, they are they are a little bit, you know, out. Yeah, fingers crossed on Tired. that. Um, in case anyone is curious of who uh, the Bayern is facing in the Champions League, because sometimes you can turn off in the Champions League. They're playing Atletico Madrid, and that is a team that Bayern has a lot of uh, hate towards uh because they knocked him out in the i think this is one of the like the last year pep guardiola knocked him out in the 15 16 uh champions league uh semifinals and uh that ended up being won by real madrid as it was an all madrid derby for the champions league final and atletico madrid if, in case people don't kind of follow what they how they play they like to kick him there's this uh, coach that they have there, Diego Simeone. I think he's been there nearly a full decade. And the guy was a hard-nosed player. You know, just loved the game, but was a hard player. And he has his teams in this day and age where, you know, tackles are pretty, are pretty light compared to what happened in the 80s and the 90s when you practice you know, something that would be considered a red card would some would now be considered, you know, just a warning from the referee. Good tackle. I, mean, <laughs> oh, I saw the, look, I saw the Diego Maradona uh, documentary movie and some of the tackles that went on, I'm just like, it was, it looked like, you know, some of the stuff that you would get a yellow and red card for, I mean, you'd be given like 10 match sus- uh, suspension now. Or, yeah. you know, a, co- a case, you know, or you be brought into court for attempted murder. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, more than likely, Bayern is going to be pretty ragged and they just due to necessity will have to rotate. And I think that's where the Eintracht can take advantage there because every ro- those guys are going to they're, they're having to heavily rotate 
you know, they're not going to be able to have their star players play full 90. We can take advantage mm-hmm. of that. Look, we have to make sure that uh, we cast them off sides. Granted, we're not very good at uh, making sure that we stay off sides ourselves. Um, they, when it does come to our skill players, uh, we need to make sure that Silva is just running riot on Byron because a player like him is the kind of player that they will have issues with. They also, you know, when it comes to, you know, long balls over the top, guess what? Put it out to Dost. He might, he'll put it away. I mean, well, fingers crossed that is, <laughs> but it is a strategy that is, Hertha was able to put to great effect. You know, if they didn't have that stupid penalty, that would have been a hilarious 3-3 draw <laughs> for Byron. And we would have been really enjoying ourselves quite a lot. But look, they they are who they are. We've known they haven't really... Yeah. Ever since um, Pep Guardiola put that like high-intensity... What was it? Was it there before Pep Guardiola got there? This high intensity kind of style of just yeah. constantly pressing, pressing, pressing. Because the thing yeah. is, they push so far up the field that you just play that one ball right over them, and then those guys are going to be totally caught out. And I think Silva and Dost would have the opportunity to then just outpace those guys. I mean, this is those moments where you wish that you still had Rebic still around because. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yes, I am thinking. I have this all to, the time, actually. You know, especially against Bielefeld or Cologne. Hmm. Whew. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Bayern is always is That's always. Right. You know, maybe 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 we are a little lucky. You know that they are um, that that good old um, flick. You know, he's like kind of like giving giving maybe Lewandowski a little rest. You know, maybe he's gonna. Let's hope that uh, Madrid, again, you know, is playing really hard, really harsh, putting some fouls out, letting their shoulders, you know, stand a couple of times, really annoying them. And then Frankfurt will do the same thing, you know, where they say, like, okay, dude, I know you just fucked the fuckers, but now you still have us to go as well, you know. So, um, you know, uh, and, and then they get annoyed. And uh, that's just what I hope, you know, they have like an ugly game that uh, this is something that the Bayern sometimes don't like, and hopefully it's going to pan out. Yeah. Yeah. We have to hope for a lot because, uh, yeah. like I said, it, the first, uh, the, yeah. the beginning of the episode, we've got a, that team, the their bench could compete for the top of the, the Bundesliga. And True. so we got to hope for their, their bench to, to be a little, a little off. And, I don't know. Like eh, this is going to be a real test for our defense, our aging defense, which we've talked about at length already too. So I, I don't anticipate an easy game, obviously. And I'm not really looking forward to this match. (laughs) No, not at all. It's always hard to look forward to this match. Um, Especially when we play away to Munich. I think I mentioned quite a few, um, back when we were previewing our trip to Munich and then we had to go back again to play on the Pokal. Uh, it's been nearly two decades. It's been like, what, two decades? I think it was like the early 2000s, like really, really early 2000s that we lost, last one mm. in, uh, that was a, in Munich. 
That was so. a stat that I saw that kind of blew my mind about the, the which I sh- I was meaning to bring up earlier, but uh, we haven't won in Cologne in a similar amount of time. Mm. A- yeah, away no, to Cologne. Yeah, really? Yeah, it was like 26 years or something like that. Oof. Blows well. my mind. <laughs> History bit us back in the history bit us in the yeah. bud. Once Especially again. now is like the time to, to get rid of these kind of annoying statistics. Yeah. Speaking of the future, let's do that here. Yeah, like if if <laughs> yeah. we if we so I mean I I don't want to. So our weaknesses aside, our 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 positives are that are midfield right now, and so our defensive midfield needs to. Our midfield's going to be running like crazy this game, and I, and I have every expectation that um, they're going to need to play both offense and defense like they're up at the top and at the back as well. So if we have Rhoda at his best, um, yeah. God forbid, Ilsanker, put put in a good match, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and of course, like if you want to beat Bayern. There are only a few times in a season where you can, right? And one one of them usually is in the fall, you know, when they really have like one game after the other, and then they're like all dispersed for national, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for international games, and then they kind of come back, and then they have like playing Champions League against a good opponent, and 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 of course now their stadium is empty, so we're a home in an empty Bavarian stadium. Um, you know, so there are a few things on our side. It doesn't mean that it's got to be easy or anything. But if there are times where you beat Bayern is where it's not as usual, ideal. right? Where yeah. they cannot. Yeah, where it's not ideal. Exactly. So it's something weird. We got enough time to prepare for them. Um, they don't, right? Because right now, probably some of the players don't even know that they're playing us on Sunday, right? They're like all about <laughs> Madrid. You know, okay. and then like on the way back on, on Friday, they're going to, oh, who are we going to play next? Oh, Sunday. Oh, Frankfurt. Oh, God, that's going to be annoying. And then this is how we have to get them, you know, like that they and, and from the first minute they have to realize who they are against. This is not going to be an easy ball. Uh, it's going to be tough. They have to fight. They, you got to annoy him early that they don't want to. And then somehow... Uh, hope that Lewandowski is still tired or whatever, or I don't know, had a bad night's dream, whatever you, whatever, whatever can happen, you know. And then maybe you do have the chance to get something out of that thing, but that's uh, the only way, yeah. only time. I will point out. So the the two players who are out uh, is going to be Serge Nabry and uh, Leroy Sané, uh, the new big signing that they had. A third. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Toliso, I believe, is out. He's on a suspension. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, Toliso. Uh, yeah, because of his uh, sending off, which I watched a little bit of the highlights, and it very much looked like that they uh, did struggle with Bielefeld as well. So we can't feel like you know we're that bad at breaking down teams. Even they were having struggles. Sure, they had got the scoreline, but when you got guys who almost convert those opportunities in a higher rate than ours, um, I will point out uh, the line does look like some, uh, the kind of lineups that they're going to be throwing out there. Müller, Lewandowski, 
Costa, uh, Douglas Costa, the who has returned to them. Kinsley Coman, some somehow he's you know not injured. Uh, I'm kind of curious why Lucas Hernandez has been playing uh, uh, instead of uh, Alfonso Davies. You know, from a North American standpoint, I'm kind of curious on that. But hey, you know what? If Hernandez is just trying to, they're just trying to get him some playing time because they realize, wow, we're paying you a lot of money to sit on the bench and never play. We need to stick you in there. Alaba is still yet to agree to a new contract, so maybe his head isn't in the right place. Nicolas Sule, well, he is kind of good. So, you know, there's thoughts on that. And, uh, I mean, all we can hope for is the, that Atletico Madrid just uh, use their feet and just kick the crap out of them, and that Goretzka and Kimmich and Mula and Lewandowski, the skewer in the shish kebab, as some people might refer to it, as uh, you just kind of hope that their spine just gets broken up and then we can take advantage of it. And then, uh, you know, uh, all guns blazing. So, all right, guys, we've picked through all of this quite distinctly. I think it's time for us to put out our predictions, shall we? Five to nothing, Frankfurt. No. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. That's my boy, Nathan. Love it. I hope you don't correct this one. I'll stick with it. Why the fuck not? <laughs> Holy crap. That is uh, one goal for goal difference better than uh, our win in the fall last year. That's coffee talking. <laughs> Roman, what do you got? Yeah, well, you know, okay, so it's going to be a quick and dirty, roughly fought 1-2-2 uh, for Frankfurt. So we're going to win this. By the way, I put money on it, two euros on a win on Frankfurt, and Ooh. it's going to give me 22. So I'm going to be rich. Goodness gracious. Um, oh, yeah. Are we all sure that no one's been drinking her, her today? <laughs> uh, I... Enjoy that Monopoly money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to stay as optimistic as I can, but also uh, recognize who we're playing. And I find it hard to find a win in this. I do think that the Eintracht is going to go down, but I think that we're going to then bounce back with a win over Bremen and then take uh, Stuttgart to task. So just i'm ready just to take my medicine i think it's only going to be a 2-1 loss to bayern just kind of like it was in the day pay pokal that they're just going to get some phony baloney penalty and we're going to feel hard done by but we'll feel that we did an amazing job against the bayern and be able to go on and just kick ass and take names you know here and afterwards but yeah i think it's going to be a 2-1 loss sorry guys someone's got a throughout uh i hope you're random. wrong yeah mm-hmm. so ways that you can watch the Eintracht. but you know brian you're just doing it a little bit too easy you know like uh, betting on a on a buy and win you know that's like you know that's boring you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> well if it is of any help i think this is uh they're only going to win via penalty and it's going to be var that buggers us so it's usually or var could turn out to work in our favor and we can uh Get a draw in Munich. Exactly. Okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. So, uh, ways that you can watch the Eintracht this weekend take on D Bayern. So, it 
in the United States. That is, as always, uh, ESPN Plus in the Caribbean uh, islands. That is uh, Flow Sports in the lands down under. That is uh, BN Sports Connect and KO Sports in Australia. And uh, in Canada, the Great White North, uh, Sportsnet Now. Of course, that is on Roman. That's on Sky Bundesliga. Is that going to be Sky One, or is that the lead game for the early, for the early Saturday kickoff? If they announce that, do you know? Hmm. Well, that goes up there. <laughs> but yes, uh, in the UK, that's going to be on BT Sport as well. That kind of takes care of all the the English uh, language speaking countries or regions of the world. So, um, yeah, that wraps up another episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Roman and Nathan, uh, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? Um, you could find me on Twitter and discord at n-a-j-a-k-w-a and i welcome anybody to join us especially for match days on discord on the hey eintracht frankfurt channel um server you can find that link on our twitter page uh the, the podcast twitter page but it's always a laugh riot um i'm just bringing that up because i love the the conversations that we have about frankfurt but also just the the folks that are in there uh treat to to have conversations with, uh, like, uh, what are we drinking? We have a server discord <laughs> channel in there, uh, that, um, is all about drinking. It can be about alcohol, could it, but it can also be about other drinks as well. Um, mm-hmm. some, uh, one of our, uh, faithful, uh, Eintracht fans posted a nice margarita yesterday that, um, I was, Ooh, uh, well, at least so I think it's a margarita. Margarita adjacent. Um, Lots of tequila. Tequila was involved. Right, right. (laughs) And uh, it looks like Roman lost his connection. So we should go to you, Brian. And you, of course, can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can also follow me, uh, see me in the flesh, in person, well, if you're in the Kansas City area, uh, at the home of the Bundesliga, that is uh, Kansas City Beer Company, B-I-E-R. They put the I back in beer, and they still have the Fest beer available, which uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be partaking in that. Uh, but remember, when it comes to, if you do watch uh, the Bundesliga with uh out in public remember social distancing remember mask we all want you guys all to be cheering on the eintracht each and every single weekend i think nathan you can agree with me on that oh yeah exactly so folks uh be good uh you can follow us on twitter at hefpod where you can follow uh find the link to our discord page and facebook.com slash hefpod uh, where you can find all the latest uh, episodes and uh, all the latest goodies on Eintracht in the English language. So from all of us here, uh, stay, uh, be good, stay safe, and choose. Choose. Roman says choose too. Hey,